It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton, and joined me in the uh, ESA arena. We are sitting here, just left the uh, Capital City Go-Go tryouts. My guy, the uh, hot take kid, Neil DeLaw. How you doing today? Great, Troy. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. I, I know you cringe every time I call you HTK, <laughs> but uh, I mean, you, you're clearly a grown man now. So, you know, I think, I think, I think we're way past that. But I mean, when you're out here talking that nonsense about going out there and trying out for the for the team, I mean, it, it, it leads me to believe that that you haven't grown out of some of these childish ways, man. Hey, I still look like a twelve, so <laughs> yeah, okay. hey, that's a good thing. Hey, man, once you once you get up to uh, thirty, you're still looking young. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be big bonus points for the ladies, man. That's where it's at. Yeah, but uh, back to uh, so we're here for the Capital City Gogo. They just had their their uh, second annual uh, local tryout. I guess if you can call it local, because uh, you know, really, a lot of the players we found out uh, really weren't even from the DMV area. Uh, what, what, what was your initial uh, impression of uh, the the tryouts? And you know, we, we got a chance to actually sit in on some of the sessions. So, what, what, what was your impression of what we saw? Yeah, so you know, obviously, they had ninety to one hundred guys here in the morning for their first round of uh, what they call local tryouts. Not really local because guys flying in from LA, from Atlanta. There's one guy who only got an hour of sleep because he was flying in on the red eye. He had he was coming from LA, I think went to Denver for a layover. And I don't know if he had another layover, but he like landed here at 4 a.m. and got an hour of sleep and then rolled up in here. Um, That's so a lie. I hope he made it to the next round. Yeah, maybe. You know, Obviously, out of those 90 to 100 guys who um, paid the 200 bucks to get in and get their chance to you know shine a little bit, only about – 12 to 15 were asked to the second half, the afternoon portion of um, the tryouts. This year is going to be a little bit different compared to last year because last year, obviously, they had the full roster that they needed to fill in. They had guys like Isaiah Armwood, Noah Allen, guys who got like rotation minutes throughout the season could yeah. hoop a little bit, more than a little bit. Um, I think it's going to be tougher for – they have a group now of 50-ish people um, in this afternoon session that's going on right now as we speak, um, maybe yeah. you see a couple guys 
get some uh, training camp invites and things along those lines. Yeah, see, I think Ryan said something about maybe uh, two to four of the guys could get training camp invites. And so uh, let, let's clarify for, for the listeners at home. So basically they had uh, two different sessions. They had a morning session in which um, people, you know, paid a $200 entry fee in order to come out and, and try out. But then they have an afternoon session where um, – you know, you know, Pops and, and uh, Scott Schroeder and, and, and the the, uh, the staff there, they actually invited uh, players to to come out. Um, you know, one, one, one of the uh, marquee names that they had come out was uh, Josh Selby, a former University of Kansas uh, uh, byproduct. He also played uh, on that famous DeMatha team, 2010. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Kill Carr, the, the, the Baltimore Crime Stopper, is also uh, back again. So it, it'll be definitely interesting to, to, to kind of see, gauge, you know, some of those guys and uh, the opportunity they have in front of them. As you spoke, um, you know, Isaiah Armwood uh, came out. And he was a, a tryout player from last year. He actually started 20 games for the Go-Go last year. You know, granted, now he's like 6'11". So, you know, he, he has a, a major advantage when it comes to his size. But I think that the, the biggest point is that, that you know, that there is an opportunity there. And so for a team who, you know, was coming off of their, uh, you know, inaugural season, you know, they, they, they're always going to be looking for, for, for talent. For sure. Um, obviously, you know, last year they think that they had a very successful season, you know, t- going 25 and 25. They didn't quite make the playoffs. But, you know, for a team that just got popped up, you know, Jarrell Christian, Popsman, Sabansu, you know, they did a great job. Um, turning things around and, you know, it's a little rough early just getting used to logistics and things like that. They're out here taking buses to Erie, New York, yeah. back to back. I mean, life on the road in the G League is is rough. And so this is how you know that these guys are really dedicated to their craft. I mean, when you talk about the players, the the coaches, the, you know, everybody, the, the development guys, like this is something they, they're, they're not doing this for the glory. They're doing this because they love the game. And so uh, I think that there's a perfect segue that you mentioned, though, because last year Jarrell Christian was the head coach. But you now the, the Wizards actually made a, a little bit of a, a swap where they they took uh, Ryan Richmond, who was an assistant coach last year on Scott Brooks's staff. And he is uh, I'm going to use what what uh, what Pop said. It's not going down. He's moving over mm-hmm. to the head coach of the Capital City Go-Go. And last year's Capital City Go-Go head coach, Jarrell Christian, is will be replacing Ryan Richmond on Scott Brooks. Staff. So let's talk about what do you think uh, was a little bit what, what do you think went into that decision for the franchise to make that switch? And what are your uh, initial uh, impressions of Ryan Richmond besides the fact that he's a fellow Maryland Terrapin? Yeah, you know, shout out here, Terp. He a Terp, right? So guy, always got to respect Ryan. Um, you know, I think obviously Jarrell has a lot of G League experience going back to his OKC days where he did kind of work at least in parallel with Scott Brooks. I don't know how much Scott Brooks um, was involved in the Oklahoma City G League team back then, the D League team back then when Jarrell was an assistant there. But obviously this is going to be Jarrell's first chance to have some actual NBA experience under his belt to add to his resume. For Ryan, this is the first time that he can um, be put on his resume that he served as a head coach somewhere. Um, He's always been a kind of a video guy, a player development guy. Last year he made the jump to being the assistant coach for Scott Brooks. Um, Ryan has a lot of years um, in the local area. You know, obviously he was a coach uh, slash player development, a practice player for Brenda Freeze and the Maryland women's basketball team. Um, after I think three years of that, he 
spent a year with Mark Turgeon as a graduate assistant. Um, he came over uh, during the Randy Whitman era, mm-hmm. and that's when he started um, working with the Wizards. Eventually worked his way up from the video room to second um, line of the bench assistant coach where David Atkins sits. Then he made the jump to first year. So obviously he's had a very nice progression in his young career. He's only 30 years old. Um, for Jarrell, you know, they have a lot more assistant coaches now this year too. They've right. made some additions not only in their scouting department, but even in their assistant coaching department, they've been adding more bodies. So Jarrell Christian is going to be another guy, you know, he's not – last season they had essentially three main assistant coaches, mm-hmm. um, Tony Brown, Robert Pack, and Ryan Richmond. Now they have a bunch of guys right. um, yeah, so out you, here. You so Dean Oliver, you know, mm-hmm. the analytics guy. guy. Yep, yep. A couple other guys as well. So I think Jarrell Christian, you know, it's going to give him a little different taste of experience to add to his resume. Same for Ryan Richmond. Um, I think that's what Pops kind of emphasized as the main switch. And I know Ryan's so nice of a guy that he's not going to complain or be bitter about anything. He's not going to see as a demotion of any kind. He's going to always look at it as – Half glass full. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there's uh, a lot to be said at looking at the, the glass half full in this situation because I think that when you when you just uh, kind of rattled off Ryan's resume, you know, there's a lot of, you know, player development type of things. There's a lot of, you know, uh, basically him uh, helping out, uh, you know, other leading men. But now this is an opportunity for him to be the leading man. And so, you know, even when we just talked to him, and he he he, uh, he talked about, you know, reading all, all of these books on leadership and, you know, trying to, you know, as the head coach of a, of a, of a team, you know, he's the he's the leader of men. So. You know, I think that this will be a great learning experience for him to come out here. And, you know, we, we've already established that he's great when it comes to the X's and O's and the teaching aspect of the game of basketball. But for him to just gain this invaluable experience of being able to, you know, lead this group and, you know, you know, try to try to develop these guys. Um, you know, one, one of my uh, favorite uh, Jay-Z quotes is uh, moral victories are for minor league coaches. And so, you know, there there is a, such a thing as, you know, having moral victories when you coach the Capital City Go-Go, which is, you know, technically a minor league team sure. you know when you look at last year when they had all of their their g league call-ups uh, you know guys like jordan mccray who who you know ascended and was one of the best players in the uh, g league last year and chris chioza who was called up by the houston rockets you know they, randall, exactly chasing randall who started out in the season exactly exactly so what they did last year even though they didn't make the playoffs last season mm-hmm. there was a lot of growth within the franchise and i think that you know, just them instilling that confidence in, in Ryan and having him be the coach, I think that, you know, the team will only grow uh, coming into this season. So, but, um, yeah, we spent a little bit of time talking about the go-go. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to preview this game three of the Mystics versus Aces series. So, long day at work, still stuck at the office? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. Enter promo code LOCKEDON. All right, Neil. So, you know, you and I were both at uh, both of the the Mystics games, games one and two. Uh, game one was a little bit tighter than I think uh, anybody wanted it to be. Uh, shout out to the uh, having home court advantage, actually, 
So, you know, when, when you get that little bit of home cooking uh, with, with, with that with that call at the end, I think personally think that uh, Deladon uh, fouled Kelsey Plum. But, you know, hey, like I said, that's the, that's why you play so well in the regular season so you can get home court advantage so that you can get, you know, favorable calls at home. But what, what have you seen from, uh, you know, the, the, the first two games that kind of leads you to believe that, you know, that, that, that the Mystics will be able to get this done? Yeah, so just going back to that game one, you know, really wild end of that game. Obviously, the Mystics went ice cold. Um, Kelsey Plum gets the pass from Liz Cambridge. She's coming down the court. Supposedly, Bill Lambeer, you know, was trying to call a timeout. Bad boy Piston for the Aces. He's trying to, he's yelling for a timeout with four seconds left. Yeah. And the crowd is just so loud. And the referees are sprinting to the other end of the court as Kelsey Plum's taken up that they just never hear him. And so. I thought it was interesting. Christy Tolliver made it sound like, oh, if there's going to be a foul to be called, it's going to be offensive, you know? Yeah. I don't know how true that would have been. <laughs> but, you know, obviously the Mystics escaped, you know, 2-0 series lead. They took care of business. They did what they needed to do uh, at home. Um, they have a chance now to close it out Sunday at 5 p.m. in Las Vegas against the Aces. Um you know, obviously it's not easy to sweep a team, especially a team as good as the Aces. Yeah. A lot of people feel like this could have been the star power to be the finals itself. Yeah, no, the Aces are a very talented team. Very talented. Yeah, I mean, Liz Cambridge is, I mean, I mean, she's walked by me in the, in the hallway. I mean, she's <laughs> she's huge. I mean, she seems like a big load to be able to handle down low. I mean, she's kind of had her way a little bit when they've been able to get her the ball in the post. But I think that the, the Mystics have done a great job of playing great team defense. And so just kind of working on their ball denials of making sure, you know, the best way for them to not allow her to beat them is to not allow her to get the ball. So, you know, I think that they've done a good job of of limiting her opportunities. But, I mean, we have to talk about the, how they're also making her work on the on the opposite end. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to go to the credit to uh Emma Miesemann, who, you know, who's been a complete matchup nightmare for the Las Vegas Aces in the first two games. I know you, you just pulled out the, the stat sheet. So I think when she went 27 points in game one, 27 yep. and 10, and then uh, came back with 30 points in game two. Yep. So, you know, she, I mean, she's playing like outstanding basketball right now. And I think that, you know, uh, uh, Mike Tebow has mentioned, and a lot of the other players have mentioned that, you know, that she is kind of the missing piece because she took a year off from playing basketball last right. year. And so, you know, she wasn't on that team that uh, went to the uh, to the WNBA Finals and lost to the Seattle Storm. But she is on this year's team. And, you know, she, she's been, you know, if you, if you were a, a casual WNBA fan and you didn't know and somebody just told you that the Mystics have the league MVP, you'd guess that it was Emma Miesemann based off of the way she played in the first two games. What have you seen from her specifically in the first two games that has allowed her to kind of you know, just go off? Yeah, it's really impressive to see what Emma Miesemann's been doing. Obviously, Mike Tebow um, has kind of altered his starting lineup a little bit. He's playing the three bigs that he has. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Elena Deladon, Emma Miesemann, and then the center, Latoya Sanders, who also, shout out Latoya Sanders. You know, she's been putting, she put in some work game two, uh, 17 points on seven to 10 shooting. She was not missing her mid-range jump shots, mm-hmm. which I can't say I, I do so much. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, Emma Miesemann has been a force. You know, obviously, when Deladon's on the court with her, teams are going to focus on Deladon, whether it's, always switching on Deladon or making a trap, a double team, whatever it is, Emma Miesemann gets less attention. And she's a shooter that can just knock down shots with the best. And she made five three-pointers 
in game two. That was literally more than all of the Las Vegas Aces as a team combined, who only had four three-pointers. So she's just doing what she needs to do. She's open. She's shooting it. She's shooting it with confidence. Sometimes the um, remark against her in the past was that maybe she doesn't shoot enough. She's not aggressive enough. Right. But then she joked, well, when the shots are going down, it's, I, I know I need to be aggressive because it's easy for me to want to shoot exactly. when they're falling down like that. And I think Tebow, uh, Coach Tebow made a great point. Um, essentially that year off from playing year-round basketball mm-hmm. for six years straight when she was 18 and 19, um, starting out, because she plays for the Belgian national team. Um, that essentially rejuvenated her that summer off last year in 2018. And she came back this year and is playing some of the best basketball of her career. And, you know, she's up there with any of these other players. Like, she didn't know Elena Deladon because Deladon is just on another planet, but she's very comparable in her skill set. Yeah. And can go up and give you 57 points in the first two games of this series. Yeah, I think that uh, it was uh, – people really don't don't know this, but uh, she actually, for the regular season, she actually shot 40, 50, 92. Mm-hmm. But the only reason why that she didn't get the credit for it because right. uh, she didn't meet the, the threshold for, for shot attempts uh, because I think she, she missed a, a, a good portion of the season. Right, but again with the, national, with the Belgian with national the, team. Exactly, exactly. But, yeah, no, I mean, when you – when you have two 50 40 90 players i mean i mean this mystics team i mean they're they're deep from top to bottom and i think we also have to talk about uh uh christy tolliver who mm-hmm. you know came back uh just before the playoff or actually no she came back for the playoffs she didn't play any regular season games for i think what the last month of the season but you know she she's come out and you know even though she she hasn't looked like the christy tolliver you know who was a, an all-star the year before i mean even she this year. Yeah, oh, she was an all star this year. Yep. With a shout out to her, yep. but yeah, no, she hasn't looked like that all star player. But I mean, she still is is able to come off the bench and and give the team that extra boost, that 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 extra shooting threat that uh, that that I believe they need. And I mean, with how close these games have been, I mean, you know, they literally need every contribution, every shot from every single person on the team. So, I mean, what, what have you seen from from uh, Christy Tolliver and her uh, return to play that uh, kind of leads you to believe that maybe she can kind of get into a groove um, heading, heading, heading out to Vegas? Yeah, you know, obviously she missed the past month, uh, more than a month because uh, of a – believe right knee contusion right i think uh ava wallace of the washington post also said was a slight mcl strain Mm. so something not uh non-serious you know it is something that can be an issue she is wearing a pretty bulky knee brace she said yeah it's the first time in my career that i've had to wear something like this it's taken an adjustment period obviously elena deladon uh continues to wear a similar brace um that last year really limited her in the playoffs where she was probably at 70%. And, and that showed quite a bit in the finals. Um, obviously, Christy Tolliver is not at full strength 100% either, but you know she brings you that veteran leadership off the bench. She's the only person on this team, I believe, that's won a, a WNBA championship. So she brings some of that championship mentality and veteran leadership presence that not really anybody else on the team can really bring. Um, obviously, you know, defense, she's maybe a little step here slower than she usually is. Um, Kelsey Plum might be looking to take advantage of that at times, but she does bring that calming presence, that step back, uh, panda mentality, you know, she's the, 
I wouldn't even say female Bradley Beal, but both of them have that step back, and they both like to be called a panda. Um, <laughs> she had a dagger three-pointer at the end of, end of game two to really get the crowds up and happy. Yeah, so, I know I know. Uh, she messed up your, your symmetry because they went, what, 20, yep, 30, yep, 20, yep. 30 in each quarter. Yep. Yeah, I know, I know. I know Neil likes symmetry, guys. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think, you know, the more comfortable she can get with this playing with this knee brace, you know, it's only going to do – be better for the Mystics, who are just firing on all cylinders right now from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's an understatement. Uh, you know, whether they, they had ninety-seven points in game one, one hundred and three points in game two. And that's I nice mean, symmetry right there, hundred point average. Exactly, exactly. There you go, man. But uh, I, I feel confident that they're going to be able to go out. Uh, I'm not sure and, and get a win in Vegas. I don't think that they'll be coming back to play a game five here. Um, I'm not sure whether it'll be game three or game four. But you know, you know if you if you had to make a prediction, uh, what, what, which one of these games do you think is gives the Mystics the best opportunity to win? Yeah, you know, it's it's going to be really tough. I think um, I think they're going to get it done in game three, and they're going to have a nice little break. But right. then again, I don't know how the final schedule will work because it looks like the Connecticut Sun will also be closing it out in three games. Yeah. Um, but I think everybody on the Mystics has to understand, and they, I think they do understand, that, hey, you can't give this Aces team any any chance. You know, they were a very demoralized team after game two, yeah. after they lost the very somber, very upset yeah. um, kind of mood in their locker room and from – uh, Kelsey Plum and Liz Cambridge, who went to the podium. I think Mike Tebow is going to emphasize to them, you got to get this done now. If you lose this game, you give them a little bit of hope, you know, and then game four is huge. Mm-hmm. If you lose game four, then the Aces have all the momentum in the world. And even though they, the Mystics won both their games at home, you know, could have gone a few plays here, a few plays there. It could have gone the Aces' way in both uh, regards. So I think they're going to get it done in game three just because they know how important game three is to not take their foot off of the necks of the Las Vegas faces. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that they are going to try to get it done uh, game three. I think uh, uh, like uh, we, we were talking to uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the play-by-play announcer of the Mystics, Megan McPeak, earlier, and yep. I said, oh, Megan, why didn't, why didn't you go out there? She said, man, you know, besides that, the fact that the plane tickets were <laughs> hella expensive, and she said, you know, she told the girls that, you know, she'll see them at practice on Monday. So I'm sticking, I'm sticking to that. You know, I think they'll go out there, take care of business. They'll be able to come back and, and, and relax, get a couple of days off for some rest. For sure. Yep. So uh, I also want to take another quick break right now. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys about Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. That's promo code KICKOFF at Vivid Seats. All right, so, Neil, I mean, this is the Locked On Wizards podcast, so we're going to have to get some uh, some Wizards talking. Uh, there was a little bit of Wizards news that broke last week. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, uh, we found out, uh, broke his uh, thumb or fractured his thumb in yeah. uh, and, and a, and a, um, a Wizards workout, mm-hmm. uh, pre, pre-training camp workout that they're holding down here at the ESA Arena. And so, you know, that kind of puts the team in a little bit of a bind because – I mean, they didn't really they, – they already lost Thomas Adaransky last year's uh, starting point guard for the majority of the season. And, you know, with him leaving and them only going out and signing Ish Smith and uh, Isaiah Thomas, you know, this kind of puts the team in a little bit of a bind here. What do you think are some of the solutions 
that the team can come up with now that Isaiah is going to miss, uh, you know, approximately whether I can say with the next six weeks. Yep. So quick uh, follow up, you know, we were talking about Ryan Richmond earlier. He was the main guy that worked with Thomas Sadaransky with player development during Sadaransky's time in DC. Right. So if you want to know anything about Ryan Richmond's uh, coaching ability, you know, maybe look to Sato a little bit. Yeah, and how he developed because he definitely right? improved over his over his tenure as a wizard. When he got playing time. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, obviously, you know, John's going to be out for the foreseeable future. He could be shut down entirely for the 2019-2020 season. So then you go, okay, Ish Smith, Isaiah Thomas, they signed undrafted free agent Justin Robinson out of Virginia Tech. Um, as soon as um, the draft finished, right. Tommy Shepard called him the Wizards' number 61 overall pick. Yeah, um, I, I think it was very interesting that because we actually talked to Justin Robinson um, that the week after he was drafted, before they went off for a summer league minicamp, mm-hmm. and he said that he and his agent actually uh, denied mm-hmm. uh, other opportunities from teams that could have drafted him late in the you know the 50s uh, in the uh, you know in those in those picks in the second round. So you know I think that you know he's a hometown guy. He's from uh, I think Manassas, Virginia. So, you know, he, he played at Virginia Tech. So, and I mean, I mean, forget him being from the area. I think that he and his agents see that there's an opportunity there. And so with Isaiah Thomas's injury, there's even more of an opportunity for him to, uh, you know, walk into some uh, immediate playing time. But um, I think the team made another roster move last week where, you know, they brought in some competition for uh, Justin Robinson. And when they brought back uh, Chris Chioza, who was uh, he was on an Exhibit 10 contract last year and he played with the Capital City Go-Go. But uh, Chioza, he he got called up by the Houston Rockets um, towards the end of their season. He was on their playoff roster. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron. I think that. You know, Isaiah Thomas, I know that people were expecting a lot from him, but I'm not really sure as to, you know, how much of the level he was going to be able to get back to. But I feel confident in this competition between Justin Robinson and Chris Chioza for getting some backup point guard minutes. How how do you feel about the point guard position uh, after last week's injuries and heading into uh, training camp? Sure. So this is mostly based on uh, my opinion and what I think would be the best route forward for the team. Um, I think Justin Robinson, you know, I think he has some minor guarantees in his uh, partially guaranteed contract. So I think he's almost assuredly going to make the 15-man roster to start the season, especially mm-hmm. after this Isaiah Thomas injury, which they said is going to limit him for six to eight weeks. Um, Isaiah was uh, in a hard cast um, after his surgery, I believe, Wednesday morning. Um, I believe he was even here uh, in the building uh, doing some kind of workout or something. His kids were around. Um just taken in the building, things like that. So I think you almost have to pencil in Justin Robinson onto the opening day, opening night um, roster. I think obviously Chris Chioza, um, they liked him a lot. Uh, he played very well for the Go-Go last season. Houston scooped him up, mm-hmm. played on Houston, played on Houston's summer league team as well before uh, eventually getting waived. And so now the Wizards are going full circle with him again, bringing him back on a training camp deal. Um, I think most plausibly would be you still have an open two-way spot, right? you know, opposite of Garrison Matthews. You maybe sign Chris Chioza to that two-way spot, um, depending on when Isaiah does or does not get back. You know, obviously he could potentially start resuming basketball activities as soon as the season starts. That's kind of six weeks away. Mm-hmm. Or it could linger on. Remember the timetable is six to eight weeks to return to the activities. You know, he might have to take another couple weeks from there to actually not so much get into game shape because he can still do that right now, but 
just practicing with the team and whatnot. So if Isaiah Thomas is out for the first four to six weeks of the season, you're going to need Justin Robinson to eat up potentially 12 minutes a game at the very least. You know, yeah. Ish Smith is not a guy that I don't think you want or need him to play 40 minutes a yeah, game. exactly. Or even 36 minutes a game. You might yeah. want him more at the 30-minute game mark, if that. Yeah, um, I which, think, which which still leads 18 minutes of point guard play that, sure. that needs to be filled. And I think we'll unfortunately see sometimes when Bradley Beal is the only ball-handling ball guard on the court. Um, maybe Troy Brown gets a little bit of run. Your guy Jordan McRae might get a few minutes sprinkled in here or there. Um, but I think if you sign Chris Chioza to that second two-way spot, you could just burn through his 45 days real quick early yeah. on in the season, front load a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and a, and the very real key point, too, is that that 45-day counter doesn't start until the, the G League season training, training camp, camp starts. starts. Right, which and that is November, right? Right, that's, right. A, that's I think, early November. So you could get uh, uh, five least, to ten games out of him before even exactly. burning a single day on him. Exactly. Um, so I think that's the route they would go in. But obviously, you know, they brought in a guy like Justin Anderson. Um, Phil Booth is on a training camp deal. So they have other things that they might want to see and do um, before locking in that two-way spot to somebody. But I think for the short term, and I bench, and we got to preface all of this, the Wizards are not going to be very good this year. None of this really matters <laughs> all that too much. But I think it all matters, Neil. <laughs> but I think what's really key to this point, and Tommy Shepard is a big believer in this, if he wants to develop Troy Brown Jr., Rui Hachimura, and Thomas Bryant. Tommy Shepard is a big believer that you got to have a good, strong point guard to right. help them with their growth. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a struggle for this with this year, yeah. but you can't waste a year in development of those three core guys who you hope will be around for the next five plus years. Yeah. Um, so I think I don't know if Justin Robinson, and Chris Chioza are anything close to the long term solution, um, but they're hoping that they'll bridge the gap until Isaiah Thomas gets back. Who I will also say. Is very confident in his body and his yeah. hip, especially um, in Las Vegas. He said at summer league when he showed up, he said, "I've been a hundred percent since March when Denver cleared me." And obviously, Denver went a different route. They didn't want to mess with their rotation. I mean, you um, know, they, they wanted close to doing. sixty games. So I mean, it's sure. I mean, yeah, like it's, it's not like they, you know, they 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 were a bad team and they just looking down at the end of the bench and they said, Absolutely. you know, never mind. You know, I think that he and I think that that he's that actually works in his favor because it shows a little bit about his character as a person and uh, his leadership ability. That you know, from all accounts, from everybody, mm -hmm. that he was you know a great locker room guy. Absolutely. And and leading some of those younger guys, um, and you know, knowing that he, you know, that he wasn't going to sniff the court mm -hmm. on game day. So, you know, I think that when when you talk about what the the, the culture that Tommy Shepard is trying to uh, build here in Washington, I think that the more guys that you get with that type of character um, to come in, I think that that can only enhance what it is that the Wizards are trying to do. Absolutely, Isaiah Thomas um, was praised by. Uh, you know, maybe what could have been Washington's GM, uh, Tim Connolly, um, throughout the entire process. Um, yeah. Everybody has nothing but great things to say about Isaiah Thomas as a basketball player, um, as just a family man, everything along those lines. Um, very nice guy. Wish him the best. Hopefully he can come back. And, you know, that's one of the lone storylines, I would say, for the season that could make Wizards fans feel good is say, hey, can Isaiah Thomas get back to the player that he was two years ago when he dropped 50 on the Wizards in game two 
in that epic uh, Wizard Celtic series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still heartbreaking just to even think about it, man. You know what? <laughs> I feel like I feel like there. Uh, you know, it, it's good to have everything come full circle, so that you know Isaiah is here now. So hopefully he can bring that same mojo because you know when you know, Quiet is kept when he first went to Boston. Boston wasn't a you know a dominant team, and mm-hmm. you know he greatly contributed to them outperforming their expectations. So hopefully he can bring some of that mojo here and uh, do the same in D.C., even though I, I don't think you are as optimistic as I am for, <laughs> for this season. But, but Neil, man, I, I greatly appreciate you, uh, you know, taking the time out to come on and do the pod. I'm going to give you a chance right now to uh, plug some of the great stuff that you're doing over at Hoop District. Yeah, I see you guys brought down a, another cameraman today. Like, Hoop District, you guys are adding more people than Monumental Basketball. So, so, tell, so tell us about some of the dope stuff that you have going on. Yeah, so uh, obviously, you know, Hoop District um, has been covering the Wizards for, I believe, now it's going into the 12th season, um, doing a lot more stuff beyond that, though. We've covered the Mystics throughout uh, this regular season and throughout these playoffs. We're hoping to get um, some more go-go coverage uh, this season at the Entertainment Sports Arena. Um, Next week, you know, last week before training camp, we're going to start sending some things out. Okay, okay, positional outlook. What do the Wizards have? How's the how they're gonna look from point guard all the way down to center, yeah. uh, things along those lines. So you know it might not be a great uh, season on the court. Um, NBA as a whole will be wild, wild, uh, <laughs> especially in the wild, wild west. Yeah. Um, but it should be exciting. You know, basketball is right around the corner. Media day is uh, literally a, a week away. A week away. It's uh, crazy that things are already upon us. I know. I know, man. It's. Uh... There's the summer summer is officially over and uh we we're gonna we're gonna have to get back on the grind, man. I'm looking forward to it though. Like like you said, the Wizards on the court product might not be good, but the content game's gonna be fire. So I can promise Always. you guys that. All right, Neil, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.